Before we get into today's episode, just wanted to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Pago. Pago is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasts with a flat rate, so you know how much you get when you include an ad from Pago. Apply today and become immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That is podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Go there, get your podcast monetized. It's 2020. Everyone has a podcast. Go do it. They want to help grow your audience. And on today's episode, switch it up. A little bit of a filler, not going to lie to you guys. Nintendo hardware updates. So we got some new sale numbers for some games. Check those out. Theorize all that good stuff. A little bit of Age of Calamity talk. And then we get into a Pokemon theory that could suggest that Dynamaxing will return in the Sinnoh region. So stick around. It's a good one. Hope you guys enjoy. of season two my name is tyler and i have and i am of course joined as always by my co-host colby how are you doing today my friend i'm doing pretty well not much uh not much to update the people on you know just waiting for age of calamity to come out and in doing so i have i'm tweeted it i am playing breath of the wild again in its entirety on master mode and if I die, it's permadeath, so I restart. So I haven't died yet. I just beat the, I just beat um, Va Meadow today. So okay. we're cruising through that. Uh, we're gonna go to Goron City next because I like to do it in the event of the memories. So yeah, that's just what's been going on with me. Not a ton to report. Uh, how about you, friend? Uh, yeah, no. Today is another. It's pretty pretty uneventful as well as have been the past few days just working on schoolwork, uh playing more terraria uh that's keeping me occupied and uh playing some more apex as well but uh yeah really i'm just I, i'm just waiting in ba- in i can't even speak today <laughs> i'm i'm just waiting for breath of the wild i'm just waiting for uh age of calamity so yeah, uneventful. So, but uh, we do have some, some, some news to share with the people today. Yeah, not uh, a ton of groundbreaking, earth-shattering yeah. stuff. So, Nintendo updates their hardware sale numbers every, like every three months. About I think is the timetable, and that time has been passed upon us yet again. I may say, and now. We have some updated numbers. We have some new games make, making an appearance. We have 3D All-Stars is on the list. Paper Mario is on the list. We updated numbers from games that we know and love already. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I'm going to screen share with you so you can see. So all right, all right. here's what we got. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe still 
still somehow holds that top spot. Yeah. At almost 29 million copies sold. Animal Crossing New Horizons is hot on its tail, though, and by a lot of people think that it's going to get that number one spot eventually. We see that at 26.04 million copies. Your top five are pretty, you know, standard. We have Mm -hmm. Smash Bros. Ultimate 3, Breath of the Wild 4, Sword and Shield 5. Uh, This entire top five is projected to hit 20 million by the end of this year. So that's very exciting stuff for the Switch. Mm-hmm. If you just compare, if you just compare it to like other, which I was doing earlier, I was tinkering back and forth. If you just compare it to other consoles, it just completely blows it out of the water. So let's get into the new ones. We see already Super Mario 3D All Stars is at number fourteen, at five point two one million. Mm-hmm. So I want I want to put this on the record. These get updated September thirtieth of this year, and. This came out on the 18th, so in 12 days it sold 5.21 million copies. Jeez. (laughs) Just just ridiculous stuff right there from (laughs) 3D All-Stars. I I don't even know how to put that into words, honestly, because it's just wild. We come down here a little bit. uh, You see that Kirby All-Stars and... Or Kirby Star Allies, excuse me, and Three Houses haven't been updated. They have. I looked... I did go... Into a deeper dive, three three point zero two million for three houses, which moves it up. I don't even think it moved. I think it just stayed at nineteen. Mm-hmm. And Kirby Star Allies is also above three million, so good stuff there. A Paper Mario: The Origami King comes in at number twenty, two point eight two million copies sold. That is the fastest selling Paper Mario game in the franchise. So very good stuff there. I thought it was right. a good fun game, so that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. You go down here more a little bit. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 did pass 2 million earlier this week. And I think Definitive Edition is not too far behind 2 million. You see that it got updated. That's at 1.4. So mm-hmm. a little bit there, about 70% of the way there. And then the rest just kind of kind of just stay the same. So anything mm. of note you see anything of note you see on here? It will be interesting to see where 3D All-Stars ends up. Uh you know, when we give it some time, uh, considering the rapid growth it had, I don't know if it'll have the. It might have the long term appeal, like the long term buying presence that some other games in the top here have. Uh, but it's definitely impressive that it's already in the position that it is uh, with such a short amount of time between when it released and when uh, it was updated. But uh, there's been a lot of... I I believe we touched on this in the last episode. uh, But there is, of course, talk of Animal Crossing New Horizons surpassing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as the best-selling game on the Switch. So considering the time frame where Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has had three years uh, to to claim that top spot, and Animal Crossing is already on its tail... Yeah. uh, I think I think that might be true. Like it, it might just pass it, uh, which would be really, really just in, an interesting time to be a Nintendo fan, having Animal Crossing as the best-selling game uh, on the new console. So that I think is going to happen. Uh, Breath of the Wild and Sword and Shield will probably get to twenty million. Breath of the Wild definitely will. Uh, I'm kind of surprised it's not already. Yeah, if I'm being honest. Here. But 
Age of Calamity. Age of Calamity is definitely gonna help that sale right there. Yeah, I think I think Age of Calamity will definitely uh, push it over uh, because Age of Calamity could get people could get new fans who haven't brought Breath of the Wild uh, invested in the entire story. So yeah, and Sword and Shield is releasing that bundle with the DLC in it, so they're That's getting true. up there too. So yeah, it, it seems definitely plausible that they're going to have five uh, twenty million. Uh, copy games yeah. uh, for the console which is wild like holy shit with a lot of games you have to come out super mario odyssey will not, not get there. that also surprises me a bit too it kind of just it kind of just flatlined at 18.99 yeah i don't really i don't know because it, it's um it's 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 mr mario it, it's mr it's, video game it's, itself so. There's as there's a lot of Mario franchises in this in on this. I list, mean, to but. be fair, we do have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which you know, that's probably a much more approachable game than even Super Mario Odyssey. But even still, um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure if it'll reach 20 million. Uh, since you did say, since you know, it has kind of you said has kind of flatlined, and I can kind of yeah. see where that would come into play. So. And it's how many years has it been out now? It came out it, uh, same as a uh, Breath of the uh, Wild, about three. Yeah, so it's had three years as well. So yeah, I'm I'm not sure if that will reach the same level as those top five. I think those top five are kind of going to be just locked in place. Yeah, there's there's going to be a significant. I mean, to be fair, there's not a significant jump from Mario Odyssey to Sword and Shield. Uh, no, but uh, the Sword and Shield's going to grow. That's yeah, good. that's that's that gap's going to widen. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, but uh, I think those top those top three, there's more of a significant. They're starting to be a bit a bit bigger of a sales gap between three and four. So yeah, so two things I want to address real quick. So literally forty percent of this list is a Mar- is Mario franchises, which is kind of yeah. crazy. Maybe even nine. I don't even know if I count tennis aces, which is wild that that's at seventeen, but. I you you addressed this on Twitter and I just want to harp on it again. What's more surprising, the gap, how close one and two is, or how big of a gap there is between two and three? I think it's how close one and two are. To be honest, I think that's more surprising. Uh, you know, Smash Bros is Smash Bros, but I don't know. Considering seeing Animal Crossing's crazy enormous growth. Yeah. Uh, and just, again, the cultural phenomenon that it kind of took on in this past year of being in existence. Uh, it, it really doesn't surprise me how it's starting to, you know, run away with the with a silver medal here. Yeah. But I don't know. Just I guess it's more the concept of Animal Crossing being the top dog. That's surprising. Rather yeah. than the actual sales numbers in relation to Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Because. Like a few years ago, if you told someone that Animal Crossing would be like Nintendo's best-selling franchise, or at least the best-selling game uh, on the Switch anyway, yeah. currently, I don't think they'd believe they'd believe you. There was a time not too long ago where people didn't believe you that a new Animal Crossing was even coming out. So it's true. Just the fact that this exploded onto the scene, it's about to overtake something that has consistently topped the charts uh I and think in that, every single console that's ever been made by Nintendo. Yeah, I think that is the the big uh, thing that's catching me off guard. Okay, so here, here's what I was looking at. So 
We have top selling titles by sales for each console. So Wii U was Mario Kart 8 at 8.45. I didn't know how awful the Wii U sold, but <laughs> holy cow. Yeah, it, like that's bad. It did not sell super well. 8.45 million Mario 3D World that coming to the Switch. 3DS yeah. a lot better. 18.92 for Mario Kart 7. You see Three poke three Pokemon franchises at th- two, three, and four here. So that's kind of D- crazy. The DS, that's that's Pokemon's uh, home turf. So it makes sense. Wii Sports, understandably so, takes the Wii because I think it just came with the game. So yeah, eighty-two point nine million. <laughs> Mario Kart Wii Man, thirty-seven million. Point three eight million. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. So a lot of Wii. So good stuff on the Wii. Then DS, I imagine it's. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a three to so 23.6. So you're looking at a franchise that has constantly just been up there with no matter what console they put out, handheld, console, home console, doesn't matter. Like Mario Kart 8 is always up there, and or not Mario Kart 8, just Mario Kart in general. But yeah, yeah the, the Animal Crossing, it's talked about a lot, but New Horizons just kind of hit the perfect storm with, the, with what's going on in the world and the type of mm-hmm. game that it is and how like multiplayer friendly it is with being able to go to other people's islands and stuff. It was just kind of the perfect storm. And, and Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. Uh the pandemic definitely uh I think served to benefit this game. Or oh. yeah, game of the year, uh, Breath of the Wild or even like Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is just an incredible game in itself with that biggest crossover in gaming history. It's going to be Animal Crossing New Horizons that people think about, and that's just kind of wild that we live in a time that that is the case. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm happy for I think, like I said in the last episode I think so, well, too. It's great. Uh, on the last episode, we talked about how, I think it was the last episode, it was a recent episode, it that was. Uh, Animal Crossing could be put on the, on the Mount Rushmore of Nintendo for sure after this uh, success, so... Uh, we'll have to see if Animal Crossing is kind of pushed into the more, uh, I guess, mainstream Nintendo uh, franchises. Would, yeah, I mean, think it'd be getting up there. I mean, twenty six point oh four with not even not even a year note existence is. I mean, the thing chance. is, the thing right. is, you can't really like Animal Crossing as a franchise. You can't really like push out yearly releases for at least no. for the main games. No, it's like uh, it's like a presidential term. You can only release one like once every four years. Yeah, because they're because you know it's a it's a really big game, and I feel like that is also part of its success. It's just even though I mean it's just a game that you can do so much in, and it takes up uh, so much. You can sink so many hours into it is what I'm trying to say. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I think that's. I don't know. It's, it's just so interesting to see it up here and. Honestly, I I do hope it overtakes Mario Kart. Uh, 8. <laughs> of course you do, because that hate, would hate be Mario Kart. I'll, yeah, yes, that my personal vendetta against Mario Kart Eight would be fulfilled if Animal Crossing uh, beat it out. So definitely some interesting numbers. Uh, and again, this isn't even like what this was uh, updated only two. This is two months ago, Se- right? September thirtieth. Yeah. So like basically the beginning of October. Yeah, and who knows what's going to happen next with uh, holiday sales. Like, that's just going to go through the roof, I imagine. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about our dear child, Fire Emblem Three Houses, becoming <laughs> the best, but not only the best-selling Fire Emblem game in the series, but 
the best-selling strategy RPG. So, yeah, I mean, bravo, hey, absolutely well deserved. Uh, one of the few games that I have put triple-digit hours into. Yeah, Honestly, same. It's just we. I don't even think we need to sing its praises anymore because no, if you are, we, if you are an avid listener to this little podcast of ours, I'm sure we've talked your ear off enough about it. Yeah. But what is funny is what I saw you post on Twitter, where you uh, you posted, "How could you let this uh, outsell you?" When referring to uh, the Marvel Avengers game, oh my god, that was that apparently crazy. lost sixty three million dollars. Square Enix is gonna be dead now. Like, there's gonna be no more Square Enix. You, they sold Fire Emblem Three Houses and Marvel Avengers sold the same amount of copies, and one of it, it, one of them is praised as the best game in the series and the best selling RPG of our time, and the other is literally gonna cause a company to go bankrupt. <laughs> I mean, Square Enix also did just release Final Fantasy VII Remake, so... That helps. That I think that helps, but man... I imagine I a lot of the even... profit they made off of that just got absolutely eviscerated by... Yeah, their... in the big scheme of things, that Avengers game didn't really make as big of a splash as I think a lot of people were kind of expecting it to. So. I think it, it, and I think that's because they don't have the likeness of the main Marvel characters. They don't, yeah. they don't look like they don't look anything like their actors. And again, it's it, it would they would have lost more money if they would have got that and still have. Yeah, this I, game, but I, I think I think the game sells more copies if you have the likeness of the characters and like if, even if they're voice acted by their actors, like just some small stuff like that. I mean, first, I mean that would probably double the production costs of that game yeah exactly i, I do definitely agree that there might be like an averse uh sort of atmosphere to it especially from the common audience uh or like the casual audience who uh, is more familiar with the cinematic interpretations of the characters personally doesn't uh it wouldn't really deter me that much considering i kind of understand that they can't have that and you know they're still the characters to me uh I mean, hell, we played uh, Ultimate Alliance 3, and that was still, uh, you know, fine. But Ultimate I, Alliance 3. That's I don't know. Slow. It's just a game that I've heard literally nothing about until, like, what you said. I know my brother played the, the demo of it on the Xbox. I know. I, like, I, it has literally just gone completely quiet, and I had no idea about literally any aspects relating to it until I saw some stuff on twitter about how it wasn't how it lost a lot of money yeah so. i haven't heard anything about that avengers game besides the fact that it's gonna kill square enix in ways that are unimaginable so if we here we go by sales by region uh japan's best-selling game is animal crossing new horizons i don't think that's a complete shock to anybody yeah, yeah. uh what is surprising to me though is that ring fit adventure is out selling uh legend of zelda breath of the wild yeah, that's... I can't say I'm a huge fan of that. When in the states, uh, Breath of the Wild is uh, much more respected at a uh, four million sales, which is kind of crazy that only four million people in the United States have Breath of the Wild. When considering the fact that it's sold almost twenty million copies, like we're we're literally what like twenty percent of their sales. <laughs> I mean, so like, who is man? Who is playing Breath of the Wild? <laughs> who loves that game so much? The the Brits, <laughs> the Brits. <laughs> uh, on I don't know. I think it's well dispersed though. Like I think it's, 
you know, obviously you have certain countries that are the big consumers of Nintendo products. Uh, it's not going to be evenly dispersed across everything, but... Well, you, uh, you, you got to love this. Splatoon 2 is a fourth in Japan. You got to love that. You, you're a big Splatoon guy. Oh, yeah, no. Splatoon is a, a very good game. They're still putting out, like, content for it. It's and, DLC, right? Like, there's a lot of um, Turf Wars, I see. Like, it's like Splatfests, yeah. I believe, are the things that are coming out. Uh, which is good. Like, that, having new content for a game that's that old and, yeah. you know, had a really... It did have a real sense of finality to it. Like, you know, that was that was it. Splatoon is, has ended. But they're still putting stuff out for it and supporting it. And they're kind of incorporating some of uh, Splatoon 2 into other, you know, marketing stuff. That's true. So, because we did have, like, the Splatoon 2 inspired shirts for the uh, the Mario, Mario yeah. 35. Yep. So, you know, they still... It, it's good for, the, for that fan base because Splatoon 2 is definitely... Uh, worth a buy maybe not now considering uh you know the online community is probably greatly diminished at the moment but yeah yeah having it be that high up in uh in japan is definitely a good sight to see uh but obviously then we have the big three uh in the top there as well mario kart 8 deluxe is actually fourth in japan which is interesting fifth Uh, fifth oh sorry yeah fifth fifth but it, it is it is interesting to see uh you know which countries uh, are playing which games uh, or are, yeah. consume, are buying which games uh, more and more. Uh, it, I guess it just... I don't really know what that says about anybody. I don't know either. I, anybody. Guess the, I, I, I guess can't the, really make any assumptions on that, the, to be honest. The, the, the appeal is just different. Like, yeah. It's kind of crazy that the the regions are, like, they're so, dis- like, so dispersed in what they prefer, but, like, I, you can just tell in... In the states, they like more action-packed and more games that keep you engaged. Mario Kart, Super Mario Odyssey, Zelda, Smash Bros. Yeah. are your top four. Where you know different. There's Animal Crossing. There's it's just very relaxed, very slow-paced game. You have the intensity with Smash Bros. Ultimate. You have oh, the adventure goodness. aspect. The adventure wow. aspect in Pokemon Sword and Shield, and then you have Splatoon 2, which is kind of just all over the place. I'm sorry, I didn't even realize. So Animal Crossing in Japan has nearly six million, <laughs> and the next closest game to that is only is two million units behind it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, Animal Crossing is cleaning up everywhere. That's nuts! Like he's well, running that. That's running well, away with the, it. Even in look at the United States, Animal Crossing is not even on here. Yeah, in the United States, the top three are like they at hate least Animal within Crossing. a million of each other. But Animal Crossing in Japan is running away. Oh, that's really interesting. That's yeah. It's kind of crazy I, I, minecraft bringing up the rear just in the shadows <laughs> minecraft just forever selling um, yeah so that's interesting that's well speaking interesting. of splatoon 2 you can get it for 40 dollars uh this holiday season because it's going on sale along with a, a lot of other mm. nintendo games and here we go so here we go here games are going on sale this holiday season for 40 bucks, Super Mario Maker 2, Luigi's Mansion 3, Link's Awakening, Three Houses, Mario Tennis Aces, Yoshi's Crafted World, Splatoon 2, Mario Bros. U Deluxe. For $30. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pizza. And then Animal Crossing New Horizons Ultimate, Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Sword and Shield are all staying at full price. Sword and Shield is getting a bundle for, I think, 90 is the cost. With the bundle, oh, is so. it? Uh, yeah. Jesus. I can here. I'll look. I don't Sword. like. 
I don't like that. <laughs> Shield bundle. Um, pretty sure. Yep, ninety bucks. Uh, I don't like that. No, back in no back thanks. in my day, pu. That, <laughs> back in my day, that post game content would be in the game at launch. But hey, exactly. So what do you? So what do you think is the best bang for the buck here for forty bucks? Forty bucks, I would definitely recommend Link's Awakening, as well as Fire Emblem Three Houses. Obviously, those are my t- yeah. those are the two big ones that I think are. Uh, if you don't have them already, uh, forty bucks is uh, a very good price for them uh, for you to pick up. Uh, there's obviously a lot of other games uh, that are coming out, but if none of them interest you and you have your eyes on some some cheaper ones that you haven't gotten to play, uh, I I would definitely recommend those two but again that's just up based on my personal taste yeah all right and the last thing i have here uh, obviously not not but not not least holy moly that was rough <laughs> we have so we talked about all, literally everything about age of calamity last episode so if you want to listen to that we broke down everything you could possibly think of with that game yeah so go check that out 11 days at the time we're recording this. 10 by the time you're hearing it, or less. So, whoop-de-doo. But, Nintendo released an interesting thing today on their Twitter. They are mainlining a different character from the game for every day until launch. So, today they did Urbosa, tomorrow will be Druk, for example. But, there are only 8 playable fighters, and there's 11 characters they're showing. So, we were thinking off top of our head, like here are the I think so the you have the the seven we know of right now. Mm-hmm. And then Pura, Robbie, King Rome is ten. I I assume that they would be maybe not. I mean, who knows? Yeah, we're we're kind of going back and forth on are these all going to be strictly playable characters? Because we have Urbosa. For our, is our only one that has been revealed so far, and she's obviously playable. We keep going back to this eight characters. Is it confirmed that there are only yes, eight characters? Yes, it's confirmed. That okay. There's eight playable characters. It's confirmed. So, like, they've said, like, there's only eight and there's no more. There's seven right now, and then I'm guessing, there's I assume eight. that we, we won't find out who the eighth is until we get the game. But it is heavily speculated on this show and everywhere else that it's it's King, King Rome. Yes. So if that's the case, then it then it has to be a mix of playable and non-playable. Yeah, if there's 11. But if I was about to say, are they going to just not do some playable? Are they going to cut out like Link and Zelda and just focus on everybody else? And then because it kind of seems where it's like seven of those days, it's all the playable characters we know. If they're not going to reveal the eights until that, until then, then they have to just pick four random non-playable characters. Yeah, like pick Hestu. Like he's a like, tree. Yeah, Hestu, great <laughs> he's a Deku tree. tree. <laughs> great Deku tree. He watches over the Master Sword. Maybe Gate. Koga. I was thinking. I was thinking Koga would be one. I was thinking Koga would be one of them. I don't think they're going to do the mystery sorcerer no. because i feel like they're going to be pretty tight-lipped about the story like stealth on twitter today said well yeah i, I watched the reviews they're everyone's played up to chapter two so yeah so more. apparently apparently they think uh, stealth has reported that 
things are looking good in the reviews. Yeah, but we can talk about that a little bit after this. I did watch that video. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch the video. I just saw, I just saw Twitter. Yeah, but, I watched the video. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to see. In the end, this could prove to be nothing special, and we'll learn nothing yeah. new. And it's just you know promotion, fun, character yeah, stuff. But you want to keep people talking about this game. Yeah. So that's probably what it is, to be honest. But I don't know. It got like as soon as I saw like there's eleven days, and there's only eight characters. Here's our bow. Like, that, that that got that got me. Uh, that got the gears turning a little bit. So uh, we'll have to see where that goes. But I'm sure it's just you know some some hype, uh, some hype content to get us all excited. That would be re- that would be really funny if they were like, you know of Link and you know of Zelda, so we're just gonna cut them out. Here are your five playable right now, and here are six mystery characters. I was about to say here. Hey, remember when you said there's gonna be eight characters? Uh, yeah, there's gonna be three more now. Exactly. A playable Hetsu would be fun. <laughs> with the maracas, just bashing just people. With the literally maracas. flattening people with the maracas. Anyway, yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so at, at least we have three characters that aren't playable that are going to be featured on Nintendo's Twitter page. So Yeah, and if they're not going to reveal the eighth fighter, then it's going to be four non-playable. That's true. Well, I imagine King Rome is definitely going to be one of the four. Maybe, I would ima- yeah. I would imagine. Twitter's been doing some character stuff as well. Like, they've been doing posts about like, robbie yeah and like spotlights yeah so this seems like that but it seems like a little different because they're like changing their profile picture to the character and everything so this seems to be a bit more i don't know grandiose than those other posts so i don't know if this is just uh some intern uh <laughs> just kind of going with the flow and seeing what happens or if there's some big grand <laughs> conspiracy behind this or but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. In the end it could just be, you know, regular uh advertising stuff. Yeah. And to wrap up Age of Calamity Talk, I did watch a video of someone on Go Nintendo did play through chapter two space put hours into it. And he said that the game and story right now are really good, so there's nothing to worry about there. And he did address the frame rate issue, which I've seen a lot of on Twitter. Yeah. He said that it's overblown and that the demo was put on an old engine. So hmm. the new so when the game releases, it's gonna be a new engine, it's gonna be new FPS, and he's only ever he's only had one incident where like the frame rate was like dropped for only like, a couple of seconds. And that's yeah, a, I, and that's up to chapter two. So I would imagine and they said the game is very big and very long. There are screenshots on Twitter again. There's a lot of side quests, it looks like. Well, obviously, the Korok seeds, uh, the yeah. full fleshed-out villages. I don't know if any of it will be open world, so it stays true to its Dynasty Warriors like format, but yeah. it'll just be cool to see all that in the in the missions. So, But yeah, yeah. for us who have played the demo, uh, Chapter 2's next, so that's Exciting gonna stuff. To see. I'm going to have to grind up my characters to level 20. Uh, is that the max? That you 20 is max. 20 is max. Okay, because you, you completely that's blew the past. <laughs> I hope that's not the max for the game. Was there like a max level on the old Warriors game? Yeah, it was like 99. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're good. So 
They could be changing it though. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's like yeah, a, a prestige, like a prestige thing, and like Call of Duty, where you get to a level and then you can ascend your character to unlock the next like twenty levels. So you get to level forty, and then you reach a a plateau, and then you upgrade again. Maybe something like that. I don't know. They could completely change that around. That's I don't think that's something that's integral to the Dynasty Warriors format or anything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I literally have like nothing else to talk about because I'm just waiting for Breath of the Wild. Why do I keep saying Breath of the Wild for Age of Calamity? That's like the one thing that's keeping me going. Okay, then I'll close with this. Where are you, where are you going first once you get Chapter Two? Oh, for the champs. Yeah, I gotta go to Mifa, man. So, oh, same. Sweet. I gotta I gotta <laughs> go to Mifa. I gotta see. I gotta see them. The King Dorfan. King Dorf. <laughs> I gotta see Young Muzu. I gotta see Young King Dorfan. I got to see Link and Mifa and Zelda. That shit is some spicy interactions. Oh, and I guess while we're talking about Age of Calamity, where do you think it's going to end up on this list? Did we talk about this before? I guess no. we talked about it before it was uh, updated, updated, right? Updated, yeah. Okay. I, I, think have my, I have my guess, but... I have my guess as well. I think it's going to sell better than Link's Awakening, but not 3D All-Stars right now. So, in but so right in that five million range. I think it's going to be rather similar to 3D All Stars, though, it, at least in its uh, up initial impact. Okay. I think it's going to be an initial burst, uh, considering they were both revealed around the same time, uh, and there's because there is connection to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and there's a similar hype level around it. I at least from what I've been seeing, uh, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, this is all speculation, so I'm just trying to reason with it in my head. But that's my prediction right now, is that it's going to have a similar effect to how uh, 3D All-Stars has been selling. It, and I don't think it'll get past it, but I think it'll sell better than Link's Awakening. So I'm just doing this for... You doing the calcs? So... Twenty, so you think twenty five percent of the people who've played Breath of the Wild will get Age of Calamity? That seems low. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just depending. I think I, it's it, gameplay style that would appeal to a lot of people, but I guess uh, it's gameplay to uh, people, and I think it's story to fans. Oh yeah, for sure. And I don't know, like I think it can get as high as Luigi's Mansion Three. You think so? I do. I think it has that kind of impact because that's that's roughly forty percent of yeah. players, and I think that's more realistic because I, I don't know how many of these nineteen point seven four million people played and finished Breath of the Wild in its entirety, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I imagine that just I imagine just that Breath of the Wild like tag to it is going to help. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Like we've been waiting for any Zelda Breath of the Wild stuff for a a pretty long three years, yeah. So this could seriously, you might be right. This could seriously explode and and really get up there in numbers. So especially with especially with the dropping a week before Black Friday, I would imagine that it's gonna. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. uh, If it does get up there, yeah. So. So just for reference, Luigi's Mansion 3 is at 7.83 million right now. I think it can get as high as that. I don't know if it can get higher, but I think that's as high yeah. as it can get right now. So I still think it's going to be a bit lower than that, but 
I mean, if it does get up there, I I am all for it. Yeah, like I, same. Like I would, to- I want it to be in like the top ten, but no, that'd be great. <sighs> currently, right now, I, I think it's going to be around the fourteen, fifteen spot. Uh, by the time, if it follows a similar pattern to where Mario was out for twelve days before, or sorry, it came out on the twelfth before, and the stats were updated on the thirtieth, and it already sold like five point two yeah. million copies. I do think it's going to have a similar effect to that, but I can't really approximate the percentage scale of it that it's going to replicate. So, yeah, yeah, we will see. We so, say all that to say this: we will see. We will see. Yeah, we can speculate all the live long day, but in the end, we are just two uh, college kids who have no idea what's gonna happen no it's true we have no idea we have no inside information so that's all i have uh okay i want to bring up one of the the want to get into the vault uh yeah i i do i was talking to my friend today about something actually and this this is something i haven't actually told you before so we were talking about and i was watching videos on this as well we were talking about uh the prospect of sino remakes Oh, God. Uh, don't getting, even tempt me getting into pokemon <laughs> stuff now uh number yes. stuff is mostly done so uh if that's not your cup of tea maybe we'll we'll sprinkle in some speculation here for you so well, you know you know that the 25th pokemon anniversary is in three months right that that is another piece of evidence that i have heard i don't okay. think that i know anniversaries have kind of become like a staple of oh something big happens but <laughs> mario did it once and we're like oh my god all these anniversaries everything's connected now every single anniversary but, yeah it's i mean 25 it's a multiple five so i know and zelda special, will be 30, I guess. yeah zelda will be 35 but again there is no bigger i guess pokemon's bigger than mario but in nintendo's case like mario is it that's yeah, the so, staple yeah i don't think that's like a huge piece of evidence for this but we weren't talking about if they're going to happen. We were more it's or less when. talking about, like, well, not really when either. It was just more like what could be in it. Okay, let's hear because it. Because the thing, do, do you like the concept of Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing, Colby? Mm. Is, that, is that something that you like? I think, I think Gigantamax is a step too far. You think so? I think, I think if we dial it back to just Dynamax, I'm cool with that. I thought... Mega evolutions were co- the coolest thing, and then it's just not even in Sword and Shield, so yeah. that kind of sucks. But so I don't know. I think I don't know. There's no creativity with Dynamaxing or Gigantamaxing. It's just bigger forms of the Pokemon you already know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can agree. And my friend that I talked to just hates the concept. Like absolutely, I think, I think, I think I know, you know. I think I know who this friend is. He just yeah. hates everything. He, he hates everything past Gen Five. I mean, yeah. To be fair, I can see where he's coming from. Like the, I, yeah. I don't know. I personally don't really like the gig, the Dynamax Gigantamax thing. From a concept, from a concept, it's okay. Yeah. I just don't think it's as good as the other things that they already had. And just from a battle perspective, I also don't think it's super good. It has some good strategy when utilized correctly. It's like not visually the, appealing though. Yeah, like in the max, in the max layers, like that. You know, choose in a in a highly or at least in Pokemon's case, a highly strategic uh, sort of environment mm-hmm. or challenge. Dynamaxing can be fun. 
because yeah. it's like a, a temporary buff that you have to choose one person to do, and each of the moves effects have a secondary effect that can drop stats and stuff. That's good. In competitive battling, it's been banned in almost every single singles format because it's just you Dynamax and you win. Yeah. Uh, in doubles, it's still legal. Uh, I think for VGC, it is also legal. But I don't know. It's I feel like it's a lot less creative than Mega Evolution. And I remember in the Pokemon Club, my friend was doing like a whole like case oh, study on Z moves and uh, Dynamaxing and Mega Evolution, like the big gimmicks of Pokemon that they've been adding recently and like put, pitting them against each other, which is stronger, which is more executed, yada, yada, yada. I'm not here to make that argument. I'm just here to posit the theory that Dynamaxing could be in Sinnoh remakes if they come out this generation of Pokemon. So we're staying in Gen 8 is what you're saying? Yeah, so if Generation 8 continues beyond Sword and Shield and we do get Sinnoh remakes on the Switch, they are most I feel like they will most likely have a Dynamaxing in it. Okay. Because let's hear this theory. It's not really a theory. I just wanted to kind of see what your opinion on that would be, I guess. Because for Gen 6, where we had Mega Evolution, we had the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, the Hoenn remakes, and they also implemented Mega Evolution. Hell, Rayquaza got a Mega Evolution. Sick. Like they, they altered a big part of the story. Like the evil team leaders had Mega Evolution as well. Latios and Latios were Mega Evolved as well. Like Mega Evolution was a pretty big part of Hoenn's story. Like it, it kind of altered it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, not like super a lot. There are other things that alter the story that were not related to Mega Evolution. Uh, since we are kind of dealing with an alternate universe of Hoenn in that yeah. game. But following that formula, since Gen 7 didn't have a remake to put Z moves in, mm-hmm. now we're on to Gen 8 with a whole new gimmick, Dynamaxing. If we have Gen 4 remakes in this generation, Dynamaxing could be a huge part of it. It could. And I wanted to see what your thought about that would be. Because so, I feel like Mega Evolution is, I don't know, more of a natural, lack of a better word, evolution of yeah. the mechanics of Pokemon. But Dynamaxing just feels weirdly out of place. And uh, I don't know. It it feels like it shouldn't be out of place because it feels like it's in a very similar vein to Mega Evolution, but it's a simple concept. Like the Pokemon just get bigger. It's a simple yeah. concept, but they kind of combined Megas and Z moves in a way because essentially your moves all become Z move like moves. Yeah. yeah, like Max Geyser, like Halo. Yeah, all like, that stuff. yeah. It's I don't, I don't know. See, maybe you'll remember which part of. Which part, like, requires, like, energy? Dynamaxing or Gigantamaxing? Requiring Both? energy? I just remember, like... Because like, in a story it, sense? Yeah, yeah. like, which one, like, requires, like, energy? Like, there's a... I, I think they're both... They I both think, require it? Okay, so... I think they're both basically the same, but... they're just, just gets bigger. They're just, they're just some Pokemon who in the process of Dynamaxing, change their appearance as well. Yeah. And that is what Gigantamaxing is. And then they get like a special little move that kind of changes uh, one of their stab moves. But essentially Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing yeah. are the same thing, but some Pokemon can Gigantamax 
where others do not, but it doesn't really give them too much of an advantage over one another. But, I see. I don't know how Sinnoh would implement that because, again, like you need energy, so I don't know how you can wire that in the story. Maybe just make Valley when works like the primal energy source of like. Yeah, it just main seems like cities. such a. It seems like such a Galar thing. Like it, they talk it about. Seems so exclusive. About, like it, it's Galar's yeah. pride and joy, essentially. Yeah, because the only reason that they're able to Dynamax is because of I'm pretty sure like the Darkest Day incident. Yeah. And like the Galar particles that was talked about in the post game, which wasn't yeah. fully explained, but way too way too much for a ten year old kid to understand. Yeah, it seems like a very Galar thing. Everything from, you know, the battle, the stadiums don't have roofs because they can't have them because the Pokemon grow so massive. Uh, the the power you need to be on a power spot. That's why. Or, yeah, okay, you need to yeah. be in a certain location. So they would honestly have to, if they wanted Dynamaxing to be present throughout a Sinnoh remake, they would need to kind of alter things a lot. Yeah, you need to alter the story, especially depending on which Sinnoh game you remake. Yeah, because you have... You can get Rayquaza in both Sapphire and Ruby, right? Uh, I think so. And, yeah. he's, a, and he's an intricate part of the story in both, because you have to go destroy that meteorite. So it's essentially... They just, oh, and, they just, and like, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, yeah. Omega Ruby. Excuse yeah. me. They just kind of weave. They just kind of weave the Emerald storyline into both of those games. Yes, they do. So uh, again, they could do a thing where it's like, hey, this is we're gonna weave some platinum elements into Diamond and Pearl. That's why I would think would happen. Yeah, if you're gonna make a remake. I mean, the thing is, like, if you told me like, hey, Mega Evolution's gonna be in the Diamond and Pearl remake, I'd be ecstatic. Like that sound. Like I don't know. I feel like this uh, yeah. Outlines- this outlines the difference in my mind between Mega Evolution and Dynamaxing. Like I am, I'd be ecstatic if we got new Mega Evolutions. And there's, there is no, you know, Sinnoh. Like besides Lucario. Yeah, I think Lucario might be the only Sinnoh. Star Raptor. Does Star Raptor have a? No, mega? that's Pidge- Pidgeot has one, but Star okay, Raptor so doesn't. It's just, so it's just Lucario. I think it is just Lucario. But but that no, it'd be sick if they got like. That'd be awesome if they had Megas for the starters and other yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, for the starters. There's a lot of cool Pokemon you can do that with. Yeah, but like, when you say like, hey, Dynamaxing is going to be in the Sinnoh remakes, that just doesn't sit kind of, well with me. Yeah. Just just a, just a particle in the wind. Just kind of like, alright, well, I'm still going to buy it, but not because of that. That doesn't change yeah. my excitement level at all. And there aren't like, you know, there aren't like raid dens all over Sinnoh, and you can't... <laughs> I don't think you can really make it if they, made it open, if they made all of Sinnoh just a big wild area, impressive achievement. But can you do that though? You'd probably have to have transitions in between areas, but I feel like you can't really go back. I mean, I feel you could. I'd be totally fine with going back to just, you know, you can't turn the camera all over the place and it's not free roam because it's Sinnoh oh, and I'm fine. and yeah. I'm a Sinnoh baby, but. I don't know. I feel like that's just something they could do is just make a free roaming open world Sinnoh. But that would take a lot of work and a lot of yeah. care. A lot of care to do right, which knowing Game Freak, I it's probably no. not the uh not happen. <laughs> probably not the priority, but No, definitely not. I wanted to see what you thought about that because uh now that Sword and Shield is done. 
essentially. Yeah, with content, anyway. We have Pokemon Snap, a spinoff, coming next year. And now we have to wait for the next Pokemon thing, which, as of right now, we have really no clues on, and we can only speculate about. So, <sighs> one thing, know. one thing as well that people are that people might be saying alludes to something is that when you Dynamax Calyrex, I've never done that, so you're gonna have to. I know. So you know when you Dynamax regular Pokemon, it's they get a red tint. They have red storm clouds overhead. Yeah, exactly. They have yep. red little lightning particles around them. Yeah. Uh, if you evolve, if you Dynamax Calyrex, all that stuff is changed to blue, and he's the only Pokemon in the game with a blue Dynamax. So the, does it depend like, on which horse you pick, or it doesn't matter? No. Well. The thing is, if you Dynamax Calyrex, it's blue. If you Dynamax one of the horses, they're red. But if Calyrex is fused with a horse, it's still blue. So it's a Calyrex-specific thing. And again, it's the only Pokemon that Dynamaxes that way. It's identical in function and in battle capability. Just different color. But it's just a different color. And this is not, I don't think this is explained in the story, or if it is, people haven't figured it out what it means yet. Yeah. Now, there are little exposition stones, essentially, uh, around the graveyard that you can read where it kind of alludes to the fact that Calyrex was not originally from Galar, and he came uh, from somewhere else, and the village, and he was like injured, and the village people healed him, and he. Uh, paid, he paid them back by, you know, giving lush fields. Uh, this could be, this could be referring to all of Galar or just the Crown Tundra. That's also not confirmed, I don't think. But yeah. it's just a weird detail to add in, where it's just this one Pokemon that Dynamaxes differently from the others. And people are speculating that since Calyrex traveled from somewhere else, that somewhere else could be Sinnoh. Where would, maybe, he fit, where would he fit in the Sinnoh, though? Maybe Dynamaxing works different in Sinnoh. That's what I'm saying. This is just... Because usually in, in Pokemon games, there are some allusions to the or next like, game. Yeah, like or uh, you, could, you could pick up some clues. Usually that's the next generation and not necessarily a remake. Where yeah. this would what that would be now. Because in Gen 6, there was this strange uh, idol item that was supposedly from a region far away. Uh, that turned out to be from uh, Alola, and it kind of represents the uh, the Tapus, I think, because it's kind of like a tiki okay. yeah. uh, looking, looking item. Uh, there's also uh, posters on, um, I think, maybe Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, where there was like, you know, this big tall palm tree with a... Yeah. You know, again, that could be a complete coincidence, but usually there's some hints to the next, to the next game, at least in yeah. the recent Pokemon games there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if there have been any confirmed in Sun and Moon that Link Sword and Shield, but uh, Kalos is one that I can remember had some hints to Alola. Like very vividly, anyway. Yeah, and I don't know, just this Calyrex thing, this unexplained blue Dynamax phenomenon. He's like the only one. He's the only one. Like if you fuse him with Glastrier or Spectrier, he, you know they're still blue as well. But at that point, they are basically fused together. So it's still Calyrex. So 
that's like the only thing that we really have to go on for any future to like speculate for any future Pokemon installments. Like that's been the big piece of like evidence. Like nobody else has found anything within Sword and Shield as as of yet. As of the most recent uh, DLC, Crown Tundra, not really, because most of the hidden stuff is just referring to Calyrex. Yeah. Uh, most of the Regis don't really have anything super groundbreaking. No. The, bir- the birds are interesting in the fact that they may not even be the same like species as Zapdos, Articuno, and Moltres, but they just look alike at- from what their Pokedex entries say. Yeah. But... That's more of a self-contained thing, not really anything speculatory on the next game in the series. But this this Calyrex thing is just kind of plopped in unexplained. And it feels like with how big Dynamax is in the story of Sword and Shield, it feels like something that, you know, you'd think would be explained at least in the Crown Tundra story. But yeah, nothing. I don't know. I I just am trying to think of where Calyrex would have come from in the Sinnoh because yeah, there's, now, there's no real there's no real place for him in that storyline, even if it was before his even if it was before his time there. And yeah. it's I I don't know where I don't know where like any of the Galar legendaries fit into the Pokemon timeline. Yeah, or, I mean like, how Pokemon they came t- to be Pokemon timeline is weird because. Like Opal's trainer card, like league card, says that she took over the gym for her mother like seventy years ago, when like the modern Pokeball is supposedly only like forty to fifty years old, which kind of messes things up. Yeah, but uh, either you know, Galar could be super ancient, but the time the Pokemon timeline has always been pretty screwy, so it's probably not the best to kind of fit that there. And this Calyrex thing, like where. We're acting under the presumption that there will be Sinnoh remakes. They could still not do Sinnoh remakes this generation and just do something else Pokemon related with, you know, maybe this Calyrex thing. Maybe this Calyrex thing could even be nothing at all. They're just like, we forgot to change the color in production. And we're just and like, like of, course we, you, of course you did. They're like, oh, we did it because we think it'd be cool. Honestly, fine. It gives us some fun theories to work around, but I don't know. I just kind of wanted to see one. If Dynamaxing came to the Sinnoh region, uh, what you would think about it. And it two, if, you know, I wanted to touch on that Calyrex thing, because that's kind of the last thing that I have for Crown Soldier at the moment. Yeah. No, I mean, Dynamaxing and Sinnoh wouldn't push me one way or the other. I'm getting Sinnoh remakes if they come out ever on the Switch. Yeah. And I, right now, I think it's fair to say if, but... Mm. Yeah, it doesn't enhance my experience at all. Like I'm, I'm still gonna play it because I enjoy those games. And like you said, we're Sinnoh babies, so those are the games that we grew up on. And if right. they came back, that we buy them in a heartbeat, just like mm-hmm. we did. We'd have the same reaction to when Byleth got in Smash. We'd be like, "Oh my god, this is the best day ever." But yeah, I, I could easily see the Calyrex thing being a oh, we just forgot to change his color in production. Like that could be a thing. I mean, I feel it's got to be an. It's definitely an intentional thing. Because if it was just Calyrex base form, you know, fine. Maybe they just did it because it's a very unique but Pokemon. Even, even when he's fused. I was about to say, Urshifu doesn't have it. That's true, he's, he's red. He's still red, but it's specifically Calyrex and the Calyrex fused forms. Like, does the lettering stay red when you go to Dynamax and you just 
becomes blue. Like, yeah, the lettering the... the lettering for the Dynamax button stays red, but he just is blue. Even on the pixel like Pokemon sprite, that is it has a blue tint instead of a red tint. Ooh, okay, that's good information. And, and when uh, you like go I... to the Pokemon summary, because when you summary a, a Dynamax yeah. Pokemon, it appears Dynamax. Uh, everything's blue. You can even see the blue storm clouds above its head. So I don't even, and I don't know. I never heard that theory that Calyrex isn't from Galar. I think they, because there are some tombstones or some like just kind of inscriptions on these stones that say that there was a traveler who uh, was injured and the people healed him. And And yes, obviously referring to Calyrex because they talk about him having a steed as well, I believe, in one of them. Yeah. So, you know, this is obviously the legend of the King of Bountiful Harvest, Calyrex, but, you know, they never say where he came from. It's odd that they don't implement him with the other legends of Galar, like Zasha and Zamzenta. He's kind of his own thing. He's his own he, thing. It's kind of weird, though, because he is a king Pokemon, so... And he's... It's kind of weird how he forgotten. just... If he just reigned over the Crown Tundra, that'd be a little weird. But I don't know. <laughs> There's speculation aplenty, and a lot of the times Pokemon keeps these... Uh, you know these these Easter eggs unanswered for a long period of time. So yeah, who knows? Honestly, it but could I mean, be I, I kind of like it. I uh, do too. Pokemon games uh, can have these these mysterious aspects to them. They're they're big games, so you know whether a developer just wants to sneakily put in a little reference that means nothing, or whether it's this actual long thought out plan that this is just the first step in. Honestly, it doesn't really matter to me, but. I just figured I'd bring it up to you because that's yeah. the last bit of Pokemon stuff I had. For a while, anyway. Yeah, and that was one of the uh, the backup topics that I thought uh, would surprise <laughs> you a little bit. That we would, that we would need. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it worked. We're, we're almost to an hour, so. Almost, yeah. All right, but, yeah, that's all I have. I thought that I was, was about a, to say that. that was a good little conversation. So, a bit of a shorter episode this week, but forgive us. There's a big yeah. game release on the horizon, and... Again, we're in we're in COVID times, so we're we're just waiting, and there's also not a lot to do, so there's nothing much to update you guys on. It's but true. we're true. hoping you enjoyed our, you know, talk our talk about the Switch sales and our speculation on that, and our you know a final bit of Pokemon talk. I know we've been talking about Pokemon uh, a lot these past few episodes, but uh, this may be the last time we talk about it for a little bit because I think this kind of brings Count Crown Tundra to a definitive close this, I think this brings sword it. and shield to it and literally the only thing we've left are to find shiny legendaries that's literally all we're doing yeah that's that's all we really do i've been even taking a break from that just to so play some I. other games in the meantime and you know terraria, obviously, terraria is other games ter- terraria is other games i've been sucked back in but uh, i don't know it, maybe on another episode we'll do a retrospective on on Sword and Shield as a no, that, no, absolutely. That'd be I'd love to do that. I mean, the one year release has got to be close. Yeah, I. It's kind of sad. I don't actually. I can't remember any release dates for any games, so I don't know when it initially released. Shield. I imagine you're you're looking it up as we speak, and I am being asked to have food. Nope, I'm good. I believe we may be having some technical difficulties. You, you back with us? There we go. 
Yeah, November 15th. Oh, so, wow, it's literally in a few days. Literally this week is the anniversary. It's the anniversary. And and nobody's happy about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, hey. It was a very mixed bag of a Pokemon game, but, you know, maybe, maybe one day when we, you know, now that it's kind of definitively over in our minds, maybe one day we'll look back on it and kind of talk about it. Yeah, we will. But I think right now... I, I think that's the episode. I think it is, too. I think it is as well. The, the only other Pokemon thing we I can think of is that collab we plan on doing with the Outcast Boys. That's about it. But that's true. That's that's pretty that's pretty broad. And that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, that's going to conclude episode 14 of season two. Uh, we are in waiting right now for Age of Calamity. But yeah. Hope you enjoy this mind. episode. Yeah, only thing on the mind. So, <laughs> if you if you do want to hear about all things Age of Calamity, go check out last week. That was a great episode. I had a lot of fun with that one. And while you're on this one, you can follow the page at Twitter at SwitchUpPod on Instagram, SwitchUpPodcast. Just type in the search bar, you'll find it. All other links for the podcast are down below in the description. If you guys can leave a rating and a review, that'd be much appreciated. It goes a long way. Follow our personal accounts. You can follow me at Colby underscore Moore on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at Tyler Samsel on Twitter for me and at T Samsel 11 on Instagram. Uh, yeah. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful morning, midday, or night whenever you are watching this. And uh, when will our next episode come out? We'll still have one more episode before Age of Calamity release. Okay, more. so we hope to see you next time for uh hopefully some more uh developments hopefully we'll have some some filler topics for you hopefully and, yeah. uh, again we'll jump on the the hype train for age of calamity and we're still we're still chugging along so we hope you guys will join us for the ride so uh have a wonderful day gamers and we will see you on the next one the countdown is on